Hello and welcome to Irish Ears, a Disney fancast. On the pod, we aim to be your Irish viewpoint on Disney news, with a little focus on our second home, Disneyland Paris. Megan's from Belfast and her socials are Megan Loves Magic. Stuart is from Dublin and his socials are DLP Tips for Irish. Right, let's get straight into the news as we record this on Tuesday, 15th of August, 2023. And I suppose the hot topic this week and last week, well, <laughs> definitely this week, is the cancellation of Princess Breakfast. It's Princess Breakfast only getting cancelled, much to everyone's um, kind of rumours going around about everything else getting cancelled. But at the moment, it's just Princess Breakfast getting cancelled. And this kind of came out of the blue, Megan, didn't it? It really did. Um, obviously, um, we've spoke about this before on here. I'm part of the Disneyland Paris Dream Team, so I had a wee bit of a 24 hours notice period before this kind of went public so that we could prepare ourselves for the onslaught of questions coming on. But it really did come out of the blue. I was not expecting that to be pulled at all. There was no sort of hint or anything to suggest that it was not going to be around for the long term. But it seems that Disneyland Paris have been letting a lot of people move their princess breakfast bookings to lunch or dinner. So if any of you listening to this has been affected and you're, you've had to cancel your princess breakfast, they have been quite good at moving people to lunch and dinner if that's what you'd like to do. You may have to pay a slight top up because it's more expensive, but if you're really determined to dine with the princesses, that option is there for you. Or you can ask for a full refund if you've paid already or you can move it for no extra cost to the Plaza Gardens character breakfast, which is, I think that's what I would do. But Yeah, that's logistics out of the way. But like the gossip, we need the gossip. <laughs> Why do you think it's getting cancelled? <laughs> like, is it like my first talk was staffing issues or something like that, that, you know, it's a lot of work to be getting ready for princesses for, you know, eight, eight o'clock in the morning. And obviously they had it in the past in 2019. So maybe this was just a little trial run and it didn't go that well with the background of a couple of, um, what do you call it, employee relation issues at Disneyland Paris at the minute. So maybe the employees have the power right now. Could well be. I thought staffing issues to begin with because, as I've said on this podcast before, booking the princess breakfast, if you haven't booked a package where you can add it as an extra, it's an absolute nightmare to get a reservation we had so much trouble on our last trip trying to get a reservation we were trying for days and days beforehand nothing and then we just asked concierge at newport bay and they gave us a table for 10. so we're still none the wiser how the reservations even worked so i'm not surprised if it is because it's like undersubscribed or underbooked because it was so hard to like work out how to book it you know um you and me were both there and it was like 70 percent empty i mean i saw i went in for a table for one and um the whole when you walk in the whole left hand side the kind of like pale blue area was empty the whole area around the corner beside the um cinderella's um carriage was empty and um it was just there was like people were trying to throw their money at the place but they weren't giving out the bookings that's it that's the thing like people want to spend money on this people are more than happy to part with their cash to get that easy meet and greet with the princesses so it's just a real shame that that option and but princess breakfast is really really good for families too because you know what it's like yourself to send your whole family for princess lunch and dinner it has got outrageously expensive and then when that princess breakfast option came in it really did cut the costs a bit and it was sounded like people you know really wanted it but it hasn't lasted long at all 
and there's no sign of that's worth saying as well they haven't suggested any timeline for its return either so if you're going on a trip anytime in the near future i wouldn't bank on it being back Uh, certainly not before christmas anyway no i think like you know where these rumors start but like i think the review is maybe march or something like that is the next review of whether it's coming back or not so disappointing for me and not for me but like from my cohort of like looking at it from like a dad point of view like the breakfast was much more accessible than the quasi fancy um lunch and dinner menu (laughs) which tries to be fancy but just Mm. ends up being a little bit um just inaccessible for people i mean i i liked it um the pumpkin like let's get go through it like Everyone goes kind of probably for the pumpkin soup, which has a lump of pumpkin at the bottom of the bowl. And then this is the lunch and dinner, by the way. And then I got like the braised beef, which is actually really nice. But like 95 euro, mm-hmm. um, it was not worth that. Um, so and like so many people go in there and they completely just pay for the princesses. And like so many kids particularly go in and don't eat a thing, not a morsel, not a morsel of food. Yep. So the breakfast. I know. Was I kind of get it that. Accessible. It's. I get. I get that they want the dinner to feel like a royal experience and have the food a bit more fancy, but it, it kind of doesn't always hit the target audience because it is going to be, you know, largely the families with small children going to it, with the exception of us. Um, <laughs> so, so I feel like the menu probably could have. There, there are probably ways that they could have made could make that menu more accessible for the little ones it doesn't have to be as fancy as it is there could be like a meet in the middle point but then if they do that they're gonna have to reduce the price again maybe like cinderella shaped chicken nuggets that would just please everybody oh i can hear the the hallelujah choruses of people listening to (laughs) this right now and like then you have the angle of the obviously the new disneyland hotel coming um hopefully Mm -hmm. we'll get that to it later but hopefully it's next year at some stage and that's going to be royal themed. Clearly, they're going to have princess experiences uh, for dining in the hotel. So, like some angles were that they were going to move this into the hotel, but like I don't see why they would give give away so much income in the next six no. to nine months um, if the hotel is not going to open until summer at least. I still think they are going to move princess dining into the hotel, but. Now, this is just me speculating. I don't have any information on this whatsoever. We don't speculate. But... No, no. no. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just thinking they might move that into the hotel and then do something else with Auberge de Sandrion if they're wanting to really like plus up the Disneyland hotel experience. Moving Princess Dining in there would be a good way to do that. But like you said, if they're going to do that, that's fine. But then why take the princess breakfast off the menu so early? It's just throwing away money. We should have a drinking game for this podcast where people have to drink whenever we mention Natasha. So <laughs> we had a <laughs> brainstorm of a DM during the week there where I think, I don't know if it was me or you, but you said, obviously everyone says demolish Princess Pavilion, but then move the princess uh, meet and greet into Auberge. And then mm-hmm. so much more space. You could probably have, I reckon, four rooms. You could have like proper backstage for the cast members you could have virtual queue you know because it's in a good location like right next to the castle so anywhere anywhere in the main park and you're like you know five to ten minute walk away from auberge and uh yeah so at natasha 
um, that's what you got to do. Move all the princess dining into the hotel and move the princess experience of meet and greet into auberge. What so they could it, do is they could even have three princesses in auberge meeting and then have like, do you remember during COVID in the princess pavilion, they had that big throne you could sit on. That could just be like a yes. photo pass opportunity. Like that's something else well, you could use photo pass for. Like just restore the pavilion back to being the small world um, shop or something. <laughs> mm. And like you could, well, if you're not going to do that, you could, you could put so many small like new attractions into that area where Princess Pavilion is. And, yeah. you know, we talked about demolishing me Mickey Mouse to put in Runaway Railway, ugh, runaway railway <laughs> um, in the past. So if yeah. you <laughs> loop it around the back of, like, loop it around the back of the labyrinth there. I don't know. We're just talking crap at the moment. But lots of things to do. And yeah. Disneyland Paris does not give enough access to the princesses. This makes guests irate this makes cast members more irate because they get treated like crap basically by the guests and because the guests are waiting for an hour and a half and they come having spent three grand and feel a kind of a misplaced sense of of, uh, entitlement to treat people like shit Mm. beep sorry i'll beep that in post (laughs) (laughs) um no that's fine yeah um so We'll move on then and um, on to kind of happier news of things opening up as opposed to closing down. We have Casa de Coco, the opening or the reopening of Fuente uh, del Oro. Oro. Um, and importantly, it brought back the frozen margarita. So I obviously haven't been. Um, the menu is pretty much co- copy and paste from Fuente. And they brought back the drink and, and did a nice job on the interior, but not much else, really. I hate to be pessimistic. I was really hoping for a kind of an enhanced burrito bar along the lines of like Boojum or Chipotle. <laughs> that would have been right up yes. the street. Yeah, I was expecting a little bit of a plus up on the menu. I was a bit disappointed to see the exact menu coming back again. But it does look really nice. Like the remodeling inside looks lovely. So I'm gonna definitely going to give it a chance on my next trip. And of course, I'll be back for the frozen margaritas. They're the, the big draw for me into that area of the park anyway. But, um, you see, they tried to flog the um the, the drink the the mug. You were away for a bit of this now, but when it opened up, um, they had the mug that was I think in two thousand and seventeen it was thirteen euro for the mug and then two euro extra for the for the drink in the mug. So fifteen all in, and you got this brown kind of clay mug, and it used to be um like Fuente themed, and now they're charging, I think it's twenty for the mug and twenty five if you want the drink. So it's gone from 15 to 25. Crazy. And it's like... For mildly. God's sake, Natasha. Yeah, at Natasha. There's <laughs> people will be getting longer than the fun on their drinking game. Um, so yeah, but like, yeah. just disappointing. Like, like the burritos are going to be pretty much pre-made, like, and stuff like that. So I don't know. Like, it was, I think it's six euro for some Doritos with some uh, melted cheese on top of it. Like... It's not even real cheese. It's like that plastic, like oh, American cheese yeah. as well. Or it's not even top. real, yeah. like, yeah. Cheese on top. Mm. Um, as we talked about earlier, Disneyland Hotel had a small update um, during the week. There was the financial results, I believe, from the Walt Disney Company. And in that, they had to <laughs> give some sort of, um, you know, bright light for investors where they were had to show like what was coming up in the next year or two so that 
people wouldn't sell their stocks. And they said that the one thing that Disneyland Paris was on the list for was the Disneyland Hotel update. And we got a look at the new costumes for the cast members and the hotel staff. And it looks very royal. Actually, someone told me that um, it reminded them of uh, Tower of Terror, which <laughs> was a bit of a strange uh, one. But it, it made sense, though, because they're both hotels, aren't they? Like, one's mm. a bit um, dilapidated, but like it's kind of this, this kind of burgundy and gold and, you know, links in with Tower of Terror. Imagine if, if mm. someone like brought their luggage down to the Tower of Terror instead of the Disneyland Hotel. Uh-oh. We are not responsible for any lost no. cases. As I said, like still the same horror if you when you see your visa bill at the end of the day <laughs> after staying at Disney mm-hmm. Hotel. Like, we're we're talk, probably talking about like um, Hotel New York is upward of like obviously close. If you want to stay in Hotel New York tomorrow, it's going to be like fifteen hundred per night or something for a room of three or four people. But generally, yeah. I I think in my head that like Hotel New York sits around seven eight hundred per night. And this is including park tickets, people. Don't forget that when you're thinking like this is not the Marion or the Shelburne or whatever fancy hotel, five-star hotel in Dublin or Belfast you want to think of. Um, you're getting up to like three to 400 worth of park tickets included. Well, it's two days actually. So you're getting, yeah, you're getting 700 your worth of park tickets. So technically the hotel is free. Sorry, I'm waffling. Um, so <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so there's going to be <laughs> full-on princess experience in the hotel, like, I'm feeling they're, and you probably feel the same, they're going to put the princesses maybe behind a paywall that, like, you might have to be staying in the hotel to to meet them one-on-one, similar to Hotel New York. Yeah. I think yeah. so. If they're going to do that in Hotel New York still at this point, I think the princesses are definitely going to be, um, there's going to be a princess meet and greet at least that is just for hotel guests. But I think what they might do, do you ever remember when they used to have like during the day randomly the princesses just used to come down the steps of the Disneyland hotel and take like a few pictures of people and then leave again just as like a little hi I think that could come back but again also might be result might be reserved for hotel guests if there's going to be photos taken and things see I think even with the hotel the the fact that the the fact that the Avengers are behind that that wall where only guests can meet them I feel that Mm -hmm. it kind of puts other guests from going into the hotel puts them off so yeah they i suppose they what they do want to protect the hotel and make it a premium experience that you know if you're paying for it that you feel premium whereas you don't want like regular plebs like me and you <laughs> if we're not staying <laughs> in the hotel from yeah. like swan around with our thousands of plastic bags and you know just trying to get the nearest sofa to main street that's what i always loved about disneyland hotel beforehand was like you could just fall into it off Main Street and sit down on the sofa for a while and just chill out. And that's not what they want from the new hotel. They're no. playing a fortune that, at this hotel. That's it. And I think for the price that people are going to be paying, like you said, per night, there's going to have to be a lot of perks to stay there. Like, obviously, there's the massive perk of basically staying in the park. But I think people are going to want and expect more than just that if you're going to be charging a grand, possibly upward definitely upward if you're getting a castle club room per night yeah i i think they're gonna print money for about two years with that hotel <laughs> like it's absolutely nuts right the, the 30th anniversary has felt like possibly the biggest anniversary that the park has ever had i don't know about mm. you but like it's gone on for a year and a half do you know the success of dream and shine brighter and things like that 
And like, who was sitting around the boardroom and said, yeah, lads, let's close our five-star hotel at the gates? I have no Crazy. idea. I, I'll i never understand like where the logic was because there's other hotels that could have been refurbed during that time. They could have done Sequoia. It's like the it next wasn't falling one, I apart think, on... either. Like, you know, it was just, yeah. No, I think people, a lot of people said it was like outdated or whatever, but like it wasn't, f- I still thought it was the Classic. nicest hotel Classic. out of all of them yeah. when I went in. Like, yeah. But Natasha, shots, 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 shots. People be drunk. Um, so yeah. leading into that update from Disney Hotel, we got a small update from a Disney executive, Josh DeMaro, who's head of Parks and Experiences. That sounds like a TV show. Parks and Experiences. Mm. <laughs> um, so himself and Natasha, another drink, um, mm-hmm. stood in the middle of the new lake in Walt Disney Studios Park. And they had their wellies on. This was like comedy. I think this is going to be a meme in a few weeks, um, or if not already. So they stood in the middle of the lake. And the only reason there's water in the lake is because it's rained so much in the last few weeks. They had wellies on. They had this terrible audio. It was so windy because it's in the middle of a massive lake that's not filled in yet. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was basically Josh came over to do some business. Like, I don't know why. Like, usually when you send over an executive not to break news, it's to break bad news in the background. So, like, <laughs> he might have been given some bad news Yay. to some people. Do you know what I mean? And and he had to do a face-to-face. Yeah. So they just said, oh, get out there with your Starbucks cup and stand in the middle of the lake there. <laughs> and Because they could have done it from on top of the Tower of Terror in the same way that Bob took a picture from the top of the Tower of Terror a few months ago. And um, Could have done that. So Natasha did her best job at trying to hype up anything that was um, coming. And I've, I've obviously I listened to nearly every DLP podcast out there. So everyone's saying the same thing that what was not said was way more important than what was said. So like no mention of a Star Wars land, no mention of not even any mention of like the Rapunzel the flat ride, no mention of the English gardens. There was talk of obviously Arendelle and then there was talk of a um, restaurant looking over the lake. No talk mm-hmm. of lake entertainment. Um, no talk of, you know, like everyone's dreaming about this Lion King land or Pandora possibly coming over, like nothing to do with that. Like, I, like, do you remember um, D23? I think it was just the end of, was it is that a year ago at this stage where they, they wheeled out all these like madcap ideas about, yeah. um, oh, what was it? It was um, a villain. Yeah. Zootopia lands and all this here. Carry on. Yeah. And like, just they don't want to get people hyped up for the studios park, but like, it's going to be a doubling of the square footage of what is in studios. So like, I'm usually positive about it, but just the executives at Disney just are on a bad run of doing things wrong at the moment. (laughs) I just think if they're not going to give us a third land, just say so. Like, stop dragging it out. Stop making us, like, speculate and, like, hope and st- hold on to clinging hope about Star Wars, about The Lion King or whatever. If it's not happening, just put us out of our misery and tell us that. Or yeah, if it's been same, delayed, more likely than cancelled. Do you remember the same um, concept art that they had four years ago? That is still up in, like, massive poster 
in front of the construction site. So people are walking by mm. and you can clearly see Galaxy's Edge and everyone's still thinking that's coming and whatever. Like I've been screaming at people connected to Disney or connected through travel agents, etc., to like tell us a reason, tell us a hype reason for Disneyland Paris in 2024, like apart from the hotel, because like most people can't afford to stay in the hotel. So um, we, we are waiting <laughs> with a bated breath. Like I already have trips planned and you do also for next year yeah um but i don't know if disneyland paris are going to go absolutely mental with um disney 100 after christmas or something but who knows i don't think they will because it's too late disney 100's been running everywhere else all year for them to start in january it's like are we doing 101 101 years like yeah well like technically it's only october 16th i think is the anniversary so they're only going to be 10 weeks late <laughs> i suppose it's easier when california parks. yeah but california had nothing like to celebrate and while well, disney world went, went heavy on the 50th until like march april mm. so maybe when they ditch it just it's it's a ready-made thing isn't it like with all the merch and all the bunting and do you know i don't know clutching a straw here folks I'm not no. going to get excited because I would I would personally love to see a big Disney 100 celebration. I would love to see the characters out in their way outfits, but I just don't want to get my hopes up because DLP have done it too many times to me where they've got me excited about something and then just shut it down. So I'm not getting excited. We should have brought out Mickey and Minnie in their outfits um, to take pictures, take press pictures with a popular cooking show in France in front of the castle about three months ago. And yeah. Those outfits have not been seen since. No, not once. And we still haven't got our meet and greet with Mickey. They do that all the time. Or Minnie in the in the thirty anniversary outfits. No meet and greets for the. They do this all the time, where they like whip out ears. the good yeah. stuff for press and photo ops with celebrities and things like that, and it makes it look like two guests because that's all going to be on TV and in the papers and all online that they have these outfits and this is something that guests are going to be able to meet the characters in and it's not it's just like it's just press photos and that's literally it everything else is just normal like standard dlp and they they whip out a different mickey and minnie as well but we'll not get into that because that upsets me <laughs> yeah the, uh, yeah let's not get into behind the magic but yeah um speaking of magic the magical family from columbia the mirabelles there was a casting call for, um, sorry, the Madrigals. <laughs> um, Mirabelle has been cast for a new show in spring 2024. Now, like, our imaginations are gone on this. They just floated off into orbit. Boom. Is this going to be the daytime parade? Like the. You know, I hope so. I think. The midday parade? I, kind of I'm hopeful. Writer, I'd like to see it replace Star Zone Parade personally. I'd love to see a, like oh, yeah. a whole new parade because that's that like much as I love it and it's a classic, it's fallen apart. Like I think a new wee five o'clock parade would be very very nice. And because it's there's so many great films that have been out since Star Zone Parade came on that they could incorporate those characters from, like. I mean, we know DLP, they're going to bring out the Frozen 2 float again. We're not like, we know that's coming, of course it is. But, <laughs> they're going to um, flog it. Yeah. So, but like having like Encanto 
it's so it's so good and it's so popular and they need to get on that before the hype dies and it's already starting to die a little bit i think um so it's yeah, been a while these, since they like they have the disney 100 concert going on they have disney on ice over the over the winter and they have all these like kind of you know customer survey like real life customer surveys w- happening where they can gauge the you now obviously from disney plus streams they know what's popular and yet mm-hmm. we just get the same parade which i don't know th- stars on parade feels way older than like five years old at this stage i know we had the gap for covid and whatever but like when you watch it it feels like something from it feels it feels older than dreams it does and i think part of it is you know the way after covid when they couldn't have princes and princesses sitting next to each other in the carriages that i think that's what kind of dulled it for me when they took when they put all the princesses just on one float and they made it shorter yeah rather than having the like carriages and things like that and it just i don't know it just yeah, seems you have no, um, to have thanks to lost our, our friends in the bit, states we have which no which is a real shame because um, that's meant to be their big parade and everyone preferred dream and shine brighter like that kind of says it all dream and shine brighter has like two floats in it three floats maybe yeah. and everyone yeah. prefers that which is crazy because like you know it's not for the lack of um enthusiasm by the dancers and the cast in stars on parade like it's just what they're working with i suppose like every mm. every different day there's always a float that's not working or like they haven't been yeah. able to do the the dragon fire since um fantasmic uh, went on fire and yeah. that's just well that's another everyone, float like, then it still comes out but it just like it's <laughs> it's a bit sad because the dragon builds up you know the music um builds up to where it's gonna yes spew, but nothing mm-hmm. happens so it's a bit strange Ugh. Um, and then like everyone's seen all on social media and all the promos dragon breathing the fire and then it doesn't happen and then everyone's disappointed every single day <laughs> but um no like it's, like I've, I've seen it i i saw the stars on prey for the first time ever like was the last time i could ever use the infinity viewing area for stars on parade and you get really close up to the dancers and stuff like that mm-hmm. and, stuff, and they're just giving the socks like every day so Shout out to all the cast members and performers in Stars on Parade, but like even like the Nemo um, float, where there's, there's nothing happening on, on it. It's just like crush. I wouldn't even call it an animatronic, really. <laughs> and um, Nemo is just Stone like, Nemo just on weird. the side. Have yeah. you seen the picture of Stone oh. Nemo? Yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to see Stone Nemo, send me a DM on Instagram. I'll send them to you. But. Um... <laughs> It's it's like it's my favorite part. It's my favorite part of the parade, and it's not even meant to be part of the parade. <laughs> that says it all. And but, then they obviously had yeah. to get rid of um, Zippy Duda, you know, for the whole cancel culture. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't. When I'm in a Disney park, I know with Tiana as well and Splash Mountain and stuff like that. Like, obviously, if it was, if it was sensitive to my culture, I would feel very different. So that's just a huge disclaimer for that um but like they got rid of zippy to do that and that kind of you know kept together the whole musical arrangement or something like whenever i watched stars on parade um a few hours after i was still singing zippy do that because i felt like it glued it mm-hmm. all together so it's just unfortunate the way they've had to cut it it's just been kind of chipped away at the whole parade just gradually I think since since COVID, like they've 
chipped away little bits of it it's kind of got to the point now where there's nothing left to chip away they just have to clean the slate and start again yeah speaking of starting again the old annual pass office which i always thought would be a, a great restaurant um is now becoming a I suppose this is temporary also because everything is temporary at the moment in disneyland paris and um, the old annual pass office which is like it's a building just to the front right of the castle um it kind of looks yeah. really well out onto the castle's castle stage for anyone listening who's not aware of it um some people thought it might be a starbucks i thought that was a bit weird um no not in the park not in paris no that is gonna host the disneyland pass which is a new annual passes that's gonna host the new character meet and greets um which is gonna be kind of you know quarterly i suppose isn't it they, they said three or four meet and greets for disneyland Something pass like holders that three or four weeks at a time or something obscure something like that like couldn't have one all the time but uh i don't know it's one of those i just don't believe them i don't believe them that this is going to be a long-term thing at all i feel like there's going to maybe be two or three and then they're going to disappear and they'll not say anything about it they'll just stop like the ap shop in storybook store it's just going to stop one day and yeah like i suppose we don't know how it's gonna go. So if they if they pedal out, do you know, like Powerline Max or something like that. Or something like if they if they bring out Oogie Boogie or if they like these characters who would be I'm not saying I don't know anything about the logistics of getting these characters to Disneyland Paris, but you know, they exist. They come like like Mando, Mandalorian. I mean Yeah. Um who else was there for um I think Ray and and Chewie like there was a, like a four hour queue for Re- meeting Ray. I mean, all these characters, mm-hmm. where every few months, depending on what season it is, they have three or four hour queues. It would make yeah. a lot more sense if they had those appearing in this location, and then when they come out for the seasonal appearances, you would then remove the need for all Daniel pass holders to be in a frenzy about it. Yeah. Just leave it to the non non pass holders to fight over the spots. Done. Natasha. I don't know. We'll see. Natasha. Um yes. And speaking of rare characters and character experiences, we've all been mesmerized by the <laughs> August launch of Walt Disney World's um Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. And I don't know, maybe it's just the quality the high quality of the content creators that are that are covering it but to me it looked brilliant like disneyland paris could never full stop absolutely they could never <laughs> and could never will never and we just will never no intention to ever but it does look fantastic the i think the coverage has been so good like the vloggers that have been out there already and put the content out they've done such a good job but you can tell it's just a good party like i've heard before that there's really long character lines at mickey's not so scary i've never been myself but um it, it looks like there has been a lot of effort put in and i think that anybody who has a ticket for it is going to have a really really good night i'm just waiting for oogie boogie bash now if that's what if that's what walt disney world are doing i'm busting to see what's going to happen at disneyland this year it's going to yeah be good. so these events i suppose there's there's multiple of these events isn't there it's not like paris where they have like one soiree there's like these are weekly aren't they i think roughly um i think there's 
Um, I'm not sure, but I think there there are definitely multiple events at Walt Disney World. I'm not sure how frequent they are. I know at Disneyland, it's usually, uh, I think it's two each week in September and then three each week in October. But they tend to have more events, but they sell less tickets to each event. So I feel like you get way more done in a night than you would in the like one night DLP extravaganza because there's, you know, there's just less people there, but they do like they charge more for the experience, but you get more done. So it works out. You feel like you're getting value for money. So much money. Whereas I think so much money getting spent on those so much money. But I think that's kind of the problem with the Disneyland Paris when you're paying an awful lot of money and not getting an awful lot done. So that's what kind of makes gets people's backs up at those events because they've maybe got like two out of their priority things done in a five hour gap. So, well, this is it. Like you're always thinking with Paris that there's always something else going on in the background. So obviously these events run till two, three a.m. at nighttime, and from a cast member's point of view and therefore a union point of view, like. I'm not sure whether cast members want to work these or not. Like you would have to have a whole separate rota of cast members. Like obviously if you work till two or three AM at nighttime, you're not going to be in the next morning for magic time. So like there just seems to be a much bigger pool of cast members in the U S parks that they can just pull in whenever they want it. Whereas in, in Paris and maybe it's a union thing and protecting the workers rights and the workers basically safety and mental health that like, you know, they don't put out these events as much. And always with Disneyland Paris, they never really go for that premium element. So like they always go for some sort of halfway house where they, they, they it feels like you're getting ripped off for like, you know, a, a regular, not great event. Whereas they're scared of charging more for a brilliant event. They don't want to have like yeah. ultra premium events. Whereas in reality, like there's a lot of money in Europe. There's a lot of money. And people would come if they knew um, it was going to be this amazing thing. Like, you know, get this, get our Saudi friend back. Oh, Saudi friends, where are you? If I, if I thought, <laughs> though, if I genuinely thought they were going to pull off a party, like Mickey's Not So Scary or the Oogie Boogie Bash, I'd have no problem throwing the money at them. Absolutely no problem at all. I just, I just don't have the confidence that they want to pull off an event to that quality. So... I don't know. Like for the people who are haven't seen these vlogs, basically we're just kind of spoiler free and um, give you a, a quick summary without giving you the quality of the content that's out, out there on YouTube. So like there's trick or treating at the events. Disneyland Paris could never. So you, you walk around and you either get a bag or your bucket or whatever. And cast members are shoveling bags of sweets into your trick or treat bag. And then you have like, obviously, um, you know, unique meet and greets. You have the parade, which looks incredible, and you have the headless horseman. Like, there's a headless horseman riding down Main Street. Could you picture this in Paris? They have special fireworks, like themed, like a whole fireworks event themed for Halloween. Okay. Also, just one thing to note, which is important, I didn't realize this until I actually looked into the logistics of it. It gets darker much earlier in florida in the summer than it does in paris does it yes so i think i looked it up it's about eight half eight at the moment okay. which is you know what are we at it's currently half nine in on the on the east coast of ireland <laughs> and <laughs> uh, still a little bit of light in the sky there 
Um, so yeah, they definitely have they definitely have an hour, an hour and a half ahead of Europe, I'd say, on um on darkness, so they probably have more time to do it. But yeah, bring it on. Like I was talking to someone on online today and um I think it was, you know, Arvid uh, Travel to the Magic and he was saying Oh yeah. We were like we were saying that all oh, like when Disneyland Paris gets gets done with the third anniversary, they should pull back Halloween to at least the first of September. Just pull it back one month. I think August is too early. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know you love it. Mm. I love it. But <laughs> I just think it's a little bit too early. I just think like it's 111 degrees Fahrenheit. What's that like? 42, 43 degrees far- Celsius in Florida at the moment. And you're meant to yeah. like. I often, I always assume. I I think of Halloween. I think of like cold, rainy nights in October. So, mm-hmm. um, but we were saying, yeah, pull it back to the first of September, and you know, do a few, do a few paid nights. Like the paid nights don't have to be, don't have to be till two a.m. Like twelve or one is fine. No. Like let's have a bit of balance with the cast members. If that's what the issue is, um, but sure, we don't know what state the cast member relation is going to be after. After August 29th or August 30th is the, is the meeting date, I think, the first meeting date. 30th, so. I think, is the meeting day, so we'll we'll have a better idea then, I guess, how things are going. Yeah, there's a series of meetings scheduled, I think, two or three throughout September as well. So um, we're hopeful that there's no action. Well, we're hopeful that the customers get what they want and get what they deserve, and that will just fix it yeah. all. Like, it's similar to the... To the um, the SAG and the Actors Guilds and the Writers Guilds and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. In, in America, in that, like, someone was posting out there the um, the percentage of the revenue of the streaming sites that the actors are looking for. Do you know? And this is like. Oh, it's one tiny. It's un- under. It's under. So think of 1% and then divide by 10. So you get like 0.1. So it's under 0.1% of the entire revenue. They're looking for an increase and they're looking for, you know, it's kind of hard to police this. Sorry, it's this t- massive tangent, <laughs> but um, they're looking for <laughs> just whenever, like if you write a song and your song is played in the radio station, no matter how old you are, if you wrote it in the 60s or the 70s, whatever, you will get residuals. You will get like royalties for decades afterwards. But if you mm-hmm. make an absolute killer show, like, I don't know, like The Office or House of Cards, or like The Simpsons. Maybe The Simpsons is different, but because it was older. But like all these modern contracts with Netflix, Disney Plus, etc. Like, no matter how many times your show is seen, you've just been paid for the work you did, and then they could have a runaway success, and you're not getting the money for it. So, this is just sign of the times, and this is big companies realizing that they have yeah. to respect their workers. So. Um, like we all know Disneyland Paris. Yeah, so the heartbeat of Disneyland Paris is the cast members and mo- and all Disney parks. So um they need to crack on with um giving them what are very reasonable demands for a bit of respect, in my mind. I think so for both strikes. Yeah. Yeah, select all. Like, <laughs> select all. Select all. Yeah, exactly. Me so and we you shimmy had on to our next a topic. hell of a weekend. Yes. Me and you had a hell of a weekend. Oh, we did. So we were at, and well, you spent the whole weekend <laughs> at Dublin Comic Con. 
Tell us. And she's still recovering from Comic Con two she's days still later. Recovering. I'm still. <laughs> I'm wrecked. I was there from. Um, I came down to Dublin on the Friday night, and I was there pretty much um, the whole of both Saturday and Sunday at Dublin Comic Con at the Convention Center at Dublin. I was there as a affiliate creator, so I was there just to basically make a lot of content to make the event look amazing. And the event was amazing. They don't need me to come on there and tell people it is amazing because it was uh, but we had it's such a busy busy weekend and there were so so many people I've never seen so many people squished in the one convention center what about you like what did you think yeah like I've never been to one before I know it was your first as well I had no mm-hmm. kind of preconceived notions of it Um, all I had seen really was you know clips from the American comic cons etc Um, but obviously mm-hmm. me and you were there for meeting Brett Iwan on the Sunday we um, were, and we were not let down by that experience in in one iota. It was everything that it should have been, and um, yeah, it was. He was a lovely man. His mother was lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, she was a babe. You convinced me to get the um, the autograph, which I was like, nah, like I'm not paying for an autograph. I'm paying for, for a photograph with him. But then when I realized, like, pretty much on the spot, that he had little um, prints that he was going to sign. And that you're actually going to get a lot more time to speak to him in the autograph experience than the photograph experience. Um, I was like, yeah, yeah, take the money, take the money. <laughs> I think we were so lucky that we were there for Brett, like that he was our like fave of the weekend. Because I think um, if you were going to say meet the Terminator cast or whatever, none of them got to spend as much time with their celebrities as we got to spend with Brett. They were just all kind of shimmied along. But Brett really took his time with everyone. I felt like everyone that came to get an autograph, you really got to speak to him for quite a while and ask questions. And there was kind of, it didn't feel like you could, there was anything sort of off limit that you couldn't really ask. Because I went to his um, panel, which was on the day before, that was hosted by Gig Ireland. Shout out to Gig Ireland, who are awesome. They did a panel with him and it was like a Q&A where they asked him a load of questions and then opened it up to the floor. And at the time everyone in the audience was a bit kind of under the impression that he couldn't talk about disney or mickey because of the sag after a strike but thanks to some lovely loopholes in contracts and things like that he was able to chat away about mickey and his experiences working for disney and he did the mickey voice and my soul left my body when he did that because it was just it just kind of came out of nowhere he was just talking about voice acting and then he sort of went oh boy and i was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. um it was insane it was so so good and it's just not often that in dublin you get the chance to make people like that like disney legends don't come here and even less do you get the chance to actually speak to them and have one-on-one chats with them so i think we were so lucky i think i'll be sliding into his mother's dms in a few in a few months or weeks try and get him back over with a few pals i actually saw did you see on like there was a bit of a rumor going around i don't want to speculate uh, but it. there is talks of there is talks of potentially more disney voice legends coming next time so I'm crossing everything that that is. There's truth in that rumor. Like I would love to see Brad again, but I'm just like Caitlin Robrock, Caitlin Robrock, yeah, <laughs> that or Jim Cummings or somebody just oh or Bill Farmer, Anyone yeah, like, like, that. like, like do you know I I don't think it's it's not like 
the Disney voice actors are are so like obviously for the for the ultras are you know all about them, but for the regular folk on the street, you would not know. Like we went to we went to meet Brett, and like you said, the Terminator, the Buffy characters, they were all like out the door. They were I, I'm not sure you would have got to say a word to them really, but when we walked James Masters um, probably not. No, and like just for for people's um I suppose expectations if they want to go next year to Dublin Comic Con. Um basically with the autographs, you know, you go up and you have a chat and then um this is with Brett, so kind of a low volume uh guest, I would say, compared mm-hmm. to the Terminator and Buffy characters. Um we were chatting for ages, like the mother who, by the way, is fully Irish. Like Megan obviously knows this too, because <laughs> you were there. Yep. Um but she was born in Ireland. Now she obviously has an American accent because when you go to America for a hot minute, you get an American accent. And um, but no, she's born in Ireland, like f- full on family in Ireland, multiple brothers and sisters, and and I would, I don't think it would take Brett much to be tempted back to Ireland in the future. So we'll be all about Absolutely that not. in the next few years. Um, but yeah, I was talking. We were both talking to her for ages. We we're talking to Brett yeah. for ages. I thought he, he gave you he gave you a big hug. He did because he watched my vlog after. <laughs> I watched. Um, I had made a vlog, obviously, because that was what I was at Comic Con to do. Um, was to make vlogs, and I posted one that night and tagged him in it. Did not expect him to to see it. Never mind, like make a point of being like, I watched your vlog. Can I give you a hug? And I was like, Why are you asking me if I can? If you can give me a hug, like, get you the other way around. Like, what are you doing? Who's um, charging well, who? <laughs> he was. I know he seemed funny. He seemed it did seem like genuinely like delighted that he'd been featured in the vlog, and the fact that he remembered me and remembered that he sat up and watched it last night, I was just like starstruck. <laughs> it's class. Yeah, so we'll like, we'll definitely get it back onto him. I obviously um, threw him a few badges because I threw him a few um, I'm Irish badges. <laughs> Disneyland Paris tips for Irish. I'm Irish, I'm Irish badges. And um, because like Love he's that. more Irish than a lot of people are that who say, oh, I'm, I'm Irish, you know, I'm one quarter Irish, whatever. He's way more Irish than Walt. And the thing I said to him and um, it means a lot to us as an island. Right. I don't know if mm-hmm. people know this, but Brett, Brett is only the fourth voice actor um, for Mickey, like the official Mickey, the the gold standard voice of Mickey globally. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few there's a few a few productions out there where another actor does the voice, but they're very secondary um, things. So, yep. um, but he's the only, a few, few interesting facts for Brett. He's the only, um, so he's the only Mickey that can draw Mickey as well, or could draw Mickey. Obviously a few other, I think the rest of them have, have all passed uh, since. So like he's closest thing to Walt incarnate you're going to get because he does the voice and he can draw Mickey. He's obviously, he's an illustrator by trade. He, I think he worked for Hallmark as his first job. Yeah. And then obviously the Irish connection, which, which you have, uh, I, I used to think was quite a strong connection with Walt, but Brett has blown it out mm-hmm. of the water with his much stronger connection. So all about the Irish. Disney is just big, a big Irish house. Yeah. We'll and another super fun way. fact about Brett that I thought was interesting. I'm going to give you a fun fact about Brett 
that he gave at the panel. I can't remember whether he said it on day two or not, but he actually auditioned to be the stand-in voice of Mickey Mouse. That was his job. He was um, second to Wayne Alwyn. And that was that was what he auditioned for and he was all delighted. But then unfortunately then Wayne passed away and he just got promoted. So all of a sudden, full-time Mickey Mouse voice. Like I, I didn't know that. I thought that the idea was that he was always going, like that he'd been brought on to just take over gradually from uh, from Wayne. But I didn't realize his original role that he auditioned for was actually stand-in. So that was that was interesting. I thought. Yeah, and um, what's also interesting with that particular story is that um, he never met his predecessor like in a kind of a capacity where oh here's the baton you know you're 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 going to be taken over now or you're going to be taken over in the future all of his training like all of his official training he obviously practiced to be mickey beforehand but all of his like once he had the job all of his training was with the content that his predecessor had put out it it wasn't um you know, there was no formality there where it's kind of like, oh, follow this instruction guide on how to become Mickey Mouse. It was like, I have to go back and watch all the content and teach myself. So yeah, it's an interesting. It's a really interesting story. Um, and he's only, I'm going to say 40, maybe yeah. 41. I think 40, I think so, maybe just turned 41 possibly. So but he'll be back at Comic-Con a, a sure, lo- at Dublin. <laughs> An awful lot accomplished in a short life, really, when you listen to him talk, especially at the panel, like the amount that he's achieved and all the, when he sort of round off all the different projects he's done as Mickey, you're like, wow, like that's, and like, he's so young as well. Like he's going to be Mickey for so a long young. time, I feel. He's going to be Mickey, gonna be for, a Mickey for a long while. And he has been Mickey for a long time as well, because he became Mickey in his late twenties. That is incredible. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people haven't done a tap by their late late 20s yeah and like he became the voice of mickey mouse and like voice work i know everyone's voice vocal cords kind of age but you can keep a voice going into your i'm gonna say 70 maybe late 60s 70 if you if you you know i think so i think there's a lot of voice actors on the simpsons particularly who are um in their 60s doing the same voice particularly women yeah yeah have been there a very long time like the voice of uh it's like the voice of bart nancy cartwright she's been doing that for since the simpsons began wasn't she the original bart yeah yeah so yeah so yeah voice nerds (laughs) big time but like from my point of view like i I was just there on my own steam and i was just there to enjoy it you know I'm, i'm actually for a lot of people don't know that well obviously people know that i'm adding to marvel and stuff like that but i'm i'm a big like not a comic book geek but just a geek about nearly all other geek uh communities <laughs> really like I, I used to play like xbox an awful lot like every other um young man really <laughs> and <laughs> way into the small hours and um i just love like i spoke to you about it when we were there i just love people with a passion for something like they have their little niche and they love it and they're not afraid to love it and they're not afraid to congratulate and to um just support other people who love different things or who love what they love and it was just 
there was a whole lot of love at the Comic Con, and I just think it's great. Like, like me and you were obviously traveling. You didn't travel that far to to get to the con, but I traveled in on the Lewis from the suburbs of Dublin, and I was um, head to toe, nearly head to toe, in Mickey Mouse gear. And people were looking at me a bit funny, but by the time I got to the city center, um, there was people in full on, you know, anime, uh, manga gear, and I was not the star of the show anymore. When people were <laughs> fully on dressed in uh, <laughs> in their cos- cosplays, so like, I loved it, and um, I think like I'm probably going to go to the next one, and I'm probably going to start planning for some sort of cosplay. I think. Because like, why not? I'm absolutely you know, like, doing cosplay. Like, yeah. Like it not? was amazing. Like, and like the yeah. amount of effort, the, the talent and the effort in the cosplay community was just, I knew they were good, but like to see so many people in one space with these most incredible costumes that they've clearly been working on for such a long, long time for this weekend. It was, and everyone was just hyping each other up too. They were all like, oh, can I take a picture with you? Can I take a picture with you? Like it was so such a nice friendly environment. It just shows you like you just wish everything could be like that. Everywhere could be as welcoming and friendly as as Comic Con because like isn't that ideal? The world would be a better place if everyone was a bit more like the Comic Con attendees. I think that's it. Yeah, like it was massively positive and it was massively a friendly event. And there was an awful lot of um, parents there with their kids. Very very family friendly event. You know, obviously there was some cosplays that were quite adult in relation to the the source content you know like horror movies and things um but there was no adult like behavior of any sort there was no like i don't think there was alcohol served at the event we went for a pint <laughs> at lunch at yeah. time. but um i don't think like it was very much a family friendly event so but be sure to get your tickets quick next time guys because it i think it sold out about a month in advance um of the comic-con and a lot of people were disappointed they couldn't go and um, yeah. so make sure the next one might be march i think they do a march and then they do a summer event yeah march march and june i'm keeping everything crossed that they do invite me back next year to do some more content but even if they don't I, i'm sure i'll come back anyway because it was such a brilliant weekend i would highly recommend it and i will probably start shouting about it as soon as the new dates and stuff are announced i'll be shouting about it on my instagram stories because i'll want to go so keep an eye and, and you'll, try and keep you'll, everyone... ma- you'll hear it right here in irish years yeah we'll give as much as much notice as we can give people about it next year so can't wait right so back to disneyland paris and disney specific content um it's it's cool isn't it the way like disney content kind of leaks into all other types of just pop culture and things like i think you have to be aware of other things that are happening like i didn't want to have a big mm-hmm. chat here about barbie Opp- and oppenheimer <laughs> but yeah. like there's no way that um what disney are gonna do in the next few years haven't been impacted by the barbie phenomenon so like Mm-hmm. I think everyone should be aware of that. I think it's a bit much now to have a Barbie cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, uh, you know, but let's see where it goes. I thought the, I thought, you know, from the Barbie movie, what the Barbie movie accomplished was that it showed that we need more female-led, female, um, I don't want to be a big, um, what's the word here, a bit kitsch, but like, do you know, there's a certain type of like I can't speak for this because I'm not I'm not a woman obviously but like I don't think 
feminism needs more movies about toys. I think feminism needs more movies where women are in charge and they decide what they want to do for a movie. Um, yeah. But I think Mattel are going to just roll out like Hot Wheels and Uno and they're building a, a, a kind of a theme park in, I think it's oh, Arizona or, Calif- or Colorado or somewhere like that. I think Arizona. Arizona yeah. rings a bell with me. Somewhere hot. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that, that would not be a fun place to visit. I don't think I think I'll be too hot. Like No. And, you know, let's just leave it there. I, I think that the Barb movie showed that you don't need to make it no, about we a gimmick. It. Yeah, we tangented. Um, so <laughs> speaking of tangent and speaking of Barbies and princesses, um, next week is Princess Week in our beautiful Disneyland Paris and Woo-hoo. yours truly yours truly will be attending please God from uh, Thursday like a proper little trip um, not a like a solo content trip or whatever I'll be heading over with uh, some family members and I'll be there from like Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday so that's I'm a big psyched. one for you it's nice yeah it's more than one night which I'll take yeah, and where are you nice. staying? Tell us all the details. Well, don't you maybe don't tell us where you're staying for safety reasons. Are you staying no. on site? Um, not staying on site. No, um, okay. it's it's a budget trip for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm flying into, um, let's just call it an airport that I haven't flown to before that has a bit of Ooh. controversy. Um, yes, 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 yes. But like you know, I do it for the content, do it for the peeps, do it for. I have to be able to advise people. Um, why to, to stay in certain hotels or go to certain airports or how to get places and i don't think i can do it without going there myself so and by um, people it's me included i get this yes. advice also <laughs> of which ones to stay in and which ones to avoid so <laughs> exactly well like i often think that um when i go to disneyland paris i have two kind of heads on my shoulders one is the kind of family viewpoint where i'm picturing being an hour and a half in a transfer versus mm-hmm. you know the disney adult side of it where like that's no problem because i just you just stick on a podcast or stick on a, a movie but like you try and keep a two-year-old in a transfer for an hour and a half and you will you'll see red so um yeah you know i think it's useful and yeah yes. staying off site um i haven't actually decided my hotel yet this is weird <laughs> this is the the book well, that's gonna wake out yeah, this is the booking.com problem, really. Um, so I've got two hotels booked, and I don't recommend this because it, it would destroy um, tourism for local areas. And don't do as I do, do as I say. But um, I need to know the temperatures a bit better um, for mm-hmm. this trip because it's it's August, you know. In August, you can have 24 degrees or 40 degrees. So... I think we're going to get lucky and have a low temperature, which will hopefully mean we're going to stay in my preferred hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it gets if it gets a bit hotter, I have a backup hotel booked, which has hopefully better aircon, and um, I can switch last minute. You know, but that's why you pay yeah. more for your hotel. You pay a bit more flexibility. Um, you pay more for flexibility, like the refundable rate or whatever. So, um, yeah, and I've got. Um, hopefully so no park on the thursday and then full day park friday full day park saturday and then hopefully like a half day on the sunday um, have you got any exciting meals booked or anything no not at all no sure would you be doing that not at all. um no Why would you? no there's a there's a few um 
at least one uh, pick eater a little bit in the in the group. Yeah. So we're just going to wing it. And that's grand because, like, I, listen, I just prefer people, and this goes for anybody, like, don't, don't think that you have to suddenly eat new foods or new things that you don't want to eat at Disneyland Paris. Like, the experience is there. Okay, the food is, is part of the experience. But, like, very few people, if they've had an amazing cast member experience or seen the fireworks or seen the drones or whatever, like, what were the top five things you've done at Disneyland Paris? Like, it, it's rarely going to be, um, you know, the food at Plaza Gardens, whatever. You know, it, it's going to be... No, it's, ne- it's never going to be the food at Plaza Gardens. <laughs> but it's going to be some character never. experience or a ride experience or a entertainment experience, I feel. So people yeah. should just chill a bit on the pressure that is put on getting the food reservations in there. Like there's plenty of great um, counter service, quick service restaurants, and um, yeah, so we're just going to wing it a bit. And I think the only caveat to that is if you've got a meal plan. I think if you've got a meal plan, there is a bit more kind of pressure to to book the restaurant to get the most out of it. (laughs) Which we don't, which we don't have, but other people might like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Most value out of the meal plan. Here's a top tip for meal plans: do them backwards. So once you sign up for a meal plan, get your bookings, right? And then if you don't get the bookings that you want, cancel your meal plan. Don't go through with a meal plan if you have bad bookings or the bookings that you don't want to have or you're stuck. Like for some reason, you're stuck eating in the hotel buffets that you didn't plan on eating there. Or, you know, you're, you are you've no interest in going to Cafe Agrabah, but you're stuck with a reservation for Cafe Agrabah. Um, just cancel your meal plan. You know, stick with the breakfast. Don't don't spend money um, like forty euro, thirty or forty euro for the buffets if that wasn't part of your plan anyway. Like, great if you can get downtown, if you can get a princess experience or a plaza breakfast and a plaza dinner, etc. Perfect, beautiful. Um, yep. Pim Kitchen, another great place. Chez um, Remy, do you know Captain Jack's? If you're into that sort of food, but um, yep. don't waste your meal plans on. Casey's Corner and Annette's. It's not worth no. it. You're wasting your money. Literally, you're not using the value in the euro value of the meal plans. So back on to Princess Week. I'm very excited. I'm going over with uh, a few yep. princesses and um, I'm excited to hear starting now. I'm excited to see what, you know, very limited uh, new food they have or snacks they have <laughs> out for the week. <laughs> and... Um, you know, hopefully there's maybe one or two princesses. I'm hoping Mo- Moana maybe might be out. At least a little Ooh, bit, you know, in the parade. Yeah. And it would be nice and, for them to have um, yeah. some nice magic shots as well. That would be good. Yeah, they usually have um, Pocahontas in a magic shot. Like, it, why not just cast Pocahontas? I don't know. But who knows? Oh, would you want we, them to try? Like, do you want them to Mirabelle try and cast Pocahontas at Disneyland Paris? But, no, she's not. <laughs> she's not. No, she's not. Mirabel's not a princess. Um, maybe one day. But um, like Vanellope, like honorary princess. I think so. After Wreck-It Ralph two, definitely. Yeah, she was in the room. She was in the room. Yeah. So I'm excited. You know, I planned this trip in kind of April, May, hoping that Princess Week would fall 
this week that I was booking it. And yeah, yeah I'm just, I'm really looking forward to going over with some family and having a, a great old time. Um, looking forward to seeing together again. I'm looking forward to bringing people to the Together show and seeing what they think of it. Because mm-hmm. when I watched it twice, um, I was alone. So obviously in my head is a big echo chamber of positivity. <laughs> um, yeah. Some people haven't seen Avengers Campus that are really looking forward to seeing it. And um, my daughter would just sit on Big Thunder Mountain all day. So I'll <laughs> do that <laughs> ride a few times. So yeah, looking forward to it. And I'll give you all an update when I get back um, on the next pod. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a full roundup in the next episode that we've got our topic for next time. Boom, boom. Shall right, we close that out? is a wrap on episode six of Irish Ears at Disney Fancast. You can keep up to speed with us both, Stuart on DLP Tips for Irish and Megan on Megan Loves Magic Socials. Please send us your feedback or anything you'd like to be discussed on the podcast. We have lots of ideas which we hope to get through in the coming months. But for now, we'll say Abianto. See you soon. Bye. Boom, boom. Bye.